This is The Business Machine, where we talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. We know that they, as high-energy, non-stop, inspirational leaders, are behind their well-oiled machines. We will get their tips and tools and also listen to their mistakes and how they overcame them. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines and create a great team so that our machines will eventually run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machine is firing up. First guest on episode 001 is a good friend of ours and local entrepreneur and well-known on the community. He's been on billboards before here in Lansing. Is <laughs> Chad Jordan. Chad Jordan is the owner of Cravings Gourmet Popcorn. If you live in Lansing, if you live in mid-Michigan, and even further, I imagine, you know Chad and you know Cravings. It started down in Old Town. Um, now Chad has two, not offices really, two stores where now you have an office, and one is in Old Town, still the original one, and one is in Okama. So Chad, thanks a lot for agreeing to come on our show. Thanks for having me. So you've had a journey. I think it's, you know, you started like anybody else with an idea. Um, but before we get into that, really what I want to find out is, you know, who you are. And, and so if you were at a party, if you were at a networking party, which you and I both kind of laughed at because those never work out very well. But <laughs> if somebody came up to you, man, and you're you in the store and, they, and you didn't have your shirt on and they, not your shirt on, you didn't have your, that sounds really weird, doesn't well, it? Well, you know, oftentimes I'm standing in the middle of my store Topless. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's, it's a, a conversation starter. And that's the number one reason you've sold all the popcorn that you've sold. That's right. <laughs> so you're standing in line at the store and you don't have a craving shirt on. And somebody says, hey, man, what do you do? What would you say? Uh, I make world-class handcrafted gourmet popcorn. But we're in the business of making people happy. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and I, I love that. I love that. And I think that's super important, too, that popcorn is... You know, I almost—I I would hate to say that it's secondary to what you're doing because that's your business. Well, here's, but here's the thing, though. Um, I tell people all the time, um, you don't eat popcorn at a funeral. Mm-hmm. You eat popcorn when you're having fun with family and friends. It's about relationships. It's about good times. It's about creating memories. Yeah. Everybody can think of a time when they uh, were at the grandparents' house as a kid and they were watching TV and grandma or grandpa, you know, they fired up the stove and made some popcorn on the stove. You remember that. Yeah, I love that story. And I do. I remember my grandpa uh, way back when. You know, I remember his popcorn specifically because what he did, genius, is they popped it uh, in an air popper. But then what he did, as Ness is when people didn't care about being healthy, is then he would just soak it in butter. But then the magic trick was, I don't know if I can reveal this or not on air, but he would then place it in the oven. And it would crisp it off. And it was yeah. I, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. I mean, yeah, and it's, you know what? He was taking the time to do something special for you guys. He didn't have to do that, but you know what? It's that extra effort. And you know what? We believe in the same thing. It is about the process of creating something special. So tell us a little bit about how and why you started the company. And really, I'd like to go back to that point, too, in that discussion is, you know, how did you start the company? What was the idea? And then how did you come up with the idea of, hey, let's, let's sell this as, as a memory and as something that, that we want you to make you feel good when you think about popcorn? First and foremost, um, I think that I, I try to be a motivating um, person for people who want to start their own businesses. I started my business for $5,000 on a credit card. That's literally how I did it. Um, there was a couple in my local farmer's market who was uh, going to retire, and I had befriended them, and we had been talking for over a year about 
the business and I was just trying to pick their brain to learn anything I possibly could. Um, because of that relationship, when they were ready to retire, they gave me an offer that I couldn't turn down. And literally, I, I, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to get in the popcorn business. You know, this is something I've been working on for a few years. And she gave me the blessing, which is always needed. Yeah. And uh, uh, we, I didn't have any cash, you know, so uh, I took uh, five grand off of a credit card and, and made that deal happen. And, and I think that it's been pretty successful. Um, I think the thing that uh, really motivated me to, to get into the business was um, losing my job. And um, I had been with a, a company for 11 months and, and two weeks. Wow. Okay, it was my first job out of college. Super excited. Right? And, um, and they called me in the office one day, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a good meeting, you know? And you walk in, there's three of you, and they say, we're letting you go. Oh. Man. Okay. So, you know, wow. I'm expecting a raise and, <laughs> yeah, I, job, and I, get, yeah. I get fired, right? <laughs> that, that, that's happened to me. We always think the best. But yeah. <laughs> and so wow. it was literally from, and I mean literally from that day forward um, that I started, you know, plotting uh, how I was going to live the rest of my life. Wow. And uh, it, we just happened to be, um, my family and I uh, went out to uh, Frankenmuth, which is uh, like on the east side of the state here in Michigan, and, and um, we visited a, a gourmet popcorn shop, you know, and I just fell in love with it. And once once I had that experience, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And so, you know, from that basically from that point forward, I just studied, studied, studied everything that was business-related, how to run a business, how to operate a business. Um, uh, I had already been in retail at that point for close to 15 years and so you know i had a lot of lessons from you know right. from some some really large fortune 500 companies that i had to to, to draw from so and, and that's an amazing story i think a lot of, you know what i'd like people to take from this too is is and really you know i think a lot of people who would have lost their job at that time too immediately their next reaction would be well i gotta go find a job you know i, I gotta go find a job I, I you know i've got to make this income but yours was kind of the other side of that is you know I'm going to start a job. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to make this happen for myself. And do you remember that moment? I mean, do you remember that moment and that light bulb going off? Like, look, man, I'm going to make this happen for myself. I don't want to. I don't want to wait for somebody to come into an office and lay me off. Well, yeah, and you know, it's, it's months after after losing my job. I mean, I was unemployed for oh, I'd say five months, um, but I had to get another job. I mean, it, literally, I had to get another job. And, and from the day that I got terminated from one job until the day that I opened my doors um, and started my business was, um, it was nearly two and a half years. Wow. I mean, it was like, I, 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 I did my homework. So you really studied I up studied, to make sure, yeah. Um, wrote a, wrote a, a, a fairly decent-sized business plan, you know, you write a... 60 or 70 page business plan and uh, you talk to experts um, uh, in, in our community you know people who know the landscape of what's going on and and can can lead you in the right direction I mean I just did my homework and it was many a many a night when um, you know I'll be sitting on the couch with my wife and she's watching 
some cruddy show. <laughs> she's okay. listening to this, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Okay. And and I, you know, she's she's watch, she's watching some cruddy show and I'm like, I'm getting up. I go to the computer room and I start working on my business plan. And I I did that for 2 years. I I sacrificed an awful lot of of, you know, sitting on the couch watching BS shows uh because my, my my thought was always, you know, the longer I'm sitting here in front of this television, right. Uh, the only person making money is the people that I'm watching. Right. So let me get off of the get off the couch. Let me go sit on the computer, or let me go read a book and and figure out exactly how I'm going to make the money instead of trying to support them. Yeah, and I think that's a big hurdle for a lot of people. And I know me too. Like starting this podcast for me was you know it's kind of a new thing. It's just this, you know a small business that we're trying to run. It's just one more thing. And I think somebody you know that I was listening to um, on a podcast said you know the hardest part about starting something is is just hitting record. And I think that's very similar to what you're talking about. Is is if you want to do it, you you just need to do it. It's making the commitment to say, all right, I'm going to get off this couch, I'm going to read a book, and I'm going to do it. And setting aside time, even if it sacrifices some things that you would rather be doing. So now that you look back at that time, are you are you glad that you did it? I'm extremely happy that I did it. It was the best decision I ever made. You know, back to your point, um, people always say that um, you should never quit. Yeah. And I think that the bigger sin, bigger than quitting, is never starting. Yeah, I love that, Chad. So never starting is, you know, because sometimes quitting, you're like, hey, this didn't work out. You, you know, know what? Qu- uh, uh, if you never start, you never give your chance a, sh- a shot at success. Yeah. You can start and fail. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's, it's never taking the opportunity to, to take your shot. If you cannot bet on yourself, if you cannot motivate yourself to go forward and, and reach your dreams, that's, that's worse than, than being a quitter. Yeah, and I think, I, I, think I don't want to butcher this quote, but I think it was Michael Jordan that said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I think I, I think that's right. I think he said that. Yeah, it's either him or Wayne Gretzky. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll just say it's either one of those. I'll look that up and I'll put yeah, a note yeah. in the show notes page. But yeah, I love that, Chad. I, and that's hard to do. I mean, that's really, it takes discipline to do that. And so I really I really like that. And that's super impressive. So if you're listening out there too, it's it's really not, I don't think it's the fear of failure. It's even saying, hey, I, you know, I got to quit something. I think you're right. It's just, you got to get up and you got you to do it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, and you know what? You, you have to understand that, um, in order for you to be successful, you have to sacrifice something. There is a cost to yeah. success. Um, for me, it would be you know watching TV with my wife. It would be that um, I have to work every single Saturday in the beginning. It would be that uh, I have less money to spend on um, you know tennis shoes or yeah. or other disposable things. Um, Do uh, you really need them? Well, I mean, in the long run, no, yeah, no, but you, but, but, you know, it's it's. Um, there is a cost to everything that we do. Yeah. If you want to be successful. I love that. So Chad, take us out 10 years. You know, I uh, was reading a book when I first started our company. It was really inspirational and the story behind Zingerman's out of Ann Arbor. I just love their business model. I've heard both those guys speak and, you know, we're not, you know, Michigan Creative's not in the retail or food business, but, um, you know, I liked what they did is they actually wrote out what their place looks like in 10 years and it's a 10 year plan and it, more than just, you know, these little bullet points of where they wanted to be, it was sort of like a narrative of this is what it looks like in 10 years. And I really like that because that's to me is cool. Like I always need to think that next best thing. And so take us through what cravings popcorn looks like in 10 years. And if we could fly through or walk through one of your stores or 
or 10 of your stores, however many there are then, what, what does that look like? In 10 years, um, I think that the business will be just a more robust version of its current self. Um, wh- what I mean by that is that we will have, number one, um, uh, I would say probably three to five more stores. Um, we will be in some bigger um, urban areas. Um, we will be a staple in the state of Michigan as far that. as from a from a branding standpoint, from a, um, a, a company that's recognized, um, you know, that, that's where we will be. So when you think of Michigan or like, hey, we're, we're going to Michigan, somebody, you'd like somebody to say, hey, make sure you stop by a Cravings. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, when, when you say, like you mentioned Zingerman's, if I said Zingerman's, where are they from? You know it's Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If I said Ben and Jerry's, you know where they're from, all right? Um, there's, there's lots of companies um, that you can name. General Motors, where are they from? Right. Okay. Yep. Right. All right. So there's, there's lots of companies where um, you, you just say their name and you think of a particular city or region. And we want to be that for popcorn. Um, uh, I think that in 10 years, number one, it's an extremely achievable goal. Um, I don't think that it's a super lofty goal. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's about uh, discipline and consistency um, over time. Uh, so that's that's I think that's where we will be in ten years, and I, I also think that um, that as we mature, uh, we will be much more innovative in the flavors that we create and the product lines that we sell. So is it fair to say that in ten years, if somebody were to say, you know, Lansing is the popcorn capital of the world, that wouldn't be too bad, would it? That'd be ridiculously nice. <laughs> what is the what do you think your biggest mistake was as a business owner? And, and if you could tell somebody, hey, man, whatever you do, don't do this, what would that be? That's an easy question. <laughs> Make sure you have enough money. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And that, seriously, um, the biggest mistake that I have made is that I believe in myself, and I'm very confident that whatever type of jam that we get into or that I get into we can get out of it, okay? That's just called betting on yourself. Yeah. And, and, and the reason that I've always had that mentality is that, um, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of resources. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I don't come from a wealthy family where I can depend on people for, um, uh, you know, cash or investment. Um, it's, it's, it's just me. I've always worked in retail, and we know that, you know, in retail that, you know, you're probably not going to become a millionaire or extremely wealthy uh, working at Walmart. Right. All right. And when I say working at Walmart, I literally worked for the Walmart company. Did you really? I really did. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not just you not know, making a joke. I'm not making a joke. That's okay. that's just the truth. But you were not wealthy working at Walmart. I was not worthy. I was not <laughs> wealthy. You were worthy. Working. I was worthy. Wealthy. I was not wealthy. Yeah. And and so when I got into this business, um, um, I know that it can be successful. The the right. thing that's going to make it successful is that you have to have fuel in your gas tank, yeah. and that fuel is cash. Cash is king. So, um, you know, in the past, um, uh, because of our scale, we used to be one store. Uh, we could, you know, have a couple of months where you lose money, 
you know you're going to make it up and you'll play catch up and right. it's Different just you know what something's yeah. going to happen you go out and hustle and boom sure. you're right back at it you feel like the king of the world you're on top of the mountaintop right um but with with two locations when we opened our second location um we weren't able to get all of the funding that we needed to um operate um both locations for longer than a year um we had enough money to open a second location we had enough money to uh, get by for a few months, right. but uh, the mistake that I made was not forecasting um, for an entire year if yeah. things happen to go wrong. Right, and and, and did the, I mean I don't know if they because you're still open on both locations, so obviously <laughs> stuff did go wrong. But I know that feeling, and and if you could do it again in that that exact way you would make sure that you forecasted correctly and had enough, somehow had enough revenue to do that, or would you wait it? What? Well, there are some other factors that you just can't know sure. uh, by writing a business plan and projections. Um, uh, over, over the last six to nine months, um, you know, in our particular situation, being in uh, the Okemos um, area, um, what we've learned is that there are several business who, businesses that have multiple locations, and their Okemos location is the business that is doing the worst out of all their locations. Really? And that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so. But it does in a way. Yeah, from the so from the from the standpoint you. that it's not just me, misery loves company, right. you know, and right. and and, uh, and and so I mean, you know, I, it makes me feel bad, and just in the sense that um, nobody likes to feel failure. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, it wasn't it wasn't that our process was broken. It wasn't that that it was something that we did incorrectly. Um, it was just the circumstances that we could not see or control. Um, but getting back to the point was that um, we didn't we didn't plan for the worst case scenario. We planned for what if things go sour a little bit. Okay. So it's sort of like what if we just have a couple slow ish. We, we can we can manage through a couple of slow-ish times. We have some magic tricks that we can do. But what if, you know, what if you have a really, really slow couple of months? Right, and that's what we didn't plan for. Okay. And the truth of the matter is, is that had we have planned for it, there would not be a second location because literally right. we did not have the cash to be able to handle something like that. So how... Now, how many months have you been over in Okemos? Uh, we have been open in Okemos for 14 months. Well, oh, okay, so over a year. Ha- are, you re- are you recovered, or did that happen, or is it making its way up? Is it not as... We're, we're, still, in, we're still in limbo. Okay, you're in recovery mode. We're in recovery mode. Good. We are, um, so I guess the message here is that we need to buy some popcorn. Well, here's, here's the thing. Um, one of the good things is that uh, business is about relationships. Yeah. And um, we've made some good relationships over the years, um, some goodwill in the community. And um, we're actually working with a couple of financial institutions that are um, helping us to get the capital that we need. Cool. 
And so, um, although, as I always say, um, no deal is done with a bank unless the money is in your account, um, I feel pretty confident Good. that the deals are going to get done. Yeah. Uh, I, feel, I feel fairly confident about that. So, um, And I think that's, you know, I, I think all small business owners right now listening are nodding their heads because, to me, that's my biggest worry is cash flow and, and money. And, and I think it all stems from... And I think you'll agree it's not necessarily the salaries that both you and I take or may take or may not take at certain right, times. Right. Um, but it's about keeping what you built open. And then I think secondarily is providing for those who have helped you get to where you are today who you couldn't live without in your employees. And so, I mean, I literally lose sleep about that. And we're small. I and mean, we don't have as big of headaches as you probably do with two locations. But it's, I think it's all the same feeling. As small business owners, it's still the same feeling. And we talked to them over and over again, and it's that issue, is having enough income and, and recurring revenue to not have to worry every single day. You know, I, um, you, know you and I are both, we're both family men. Uh, we have kids. And I think that um, being, um, being a father uh, has really helped me as a business owner. Yeah. Because um, in the same way that I um, worry about my, my own kids and my wife, um, I worry about my employees, making sure that they're getting paid and that they're treated with respect and right. all those sort of things. And uh, there are decisions that I make to make sure that they're taken care of. Granted, business is business. Sure. Okay. Sometimes you, you okay. got to get let go like you did. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right. right. But, but at the same time, um, you know, people are depending on you, and, and it, it, it's a two-way street. Um, you know, your employees are, are, are helping you to achieve your dreams and your goals, and you're there to ensure that you are delivering on what you promised when you, when you hired them. Yeah, and I think as a, as a leader, I think that's, that's important to, to us and, and to you is, is that, you know, you promise them something. And it may be just money, but it's also, hey, I, you know, this is, I'm going to be here for your livelihood. But then they also promise you something, too, that they're going to work and do everything that they can in the very best way to, to get that. Cause it's a, it's gotta be a symbiotic relationship. I mean, everybody's got to work hard. You got to work hard. And so, yeah, I get it. And that, that's a, that's, I think is something that is over and over again talked about with small business owners is their employees and their happiness and you know, that, that relationship. Um, so along those same lines, Chad, what, you know, what really not a big mistake, but something that you might've tried to like, this is a really good idea. This is going to be sweet. And then two weeks later, yeah, that wasn't so sweet. This is an easy answer for me. Um, so 99% of popcorn companies, gourmet popcorn companies, they all sell this rainbow-colored cherry blueberry candy yeah, I saw that. I've seen that. gourmet popcorn. Yep. And so when I first started, uh, we did the same thing. We had like 25 flavors. Yep. And when we started, we started in a farmer's market. Okay, that's right. right. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, and so the, the the thing that we learned early on was that people in that environment are at the farmers market because they want to be healthier, and so uh, by selling the the rainbow of candied popcorn didn't work out for us um, because people were looking for a healthier choice. So what we did um, was we got rid of all that stuff and we really focused on. Uh, cheddar popcorn, so cheesy popcorns, white cheddar, and then um, uh, sweet popcorns like caramel corn. 
And then um, at that point, we also made a, 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 a decision to um, not include any nuts in our product. And so um, what we've really done from that, from that early on era was to learn that um, if you can create a niche within your industry, right. then that's a positive for your business. So um, at this point now, um, you know, we, we do the occasional candied popcorn, but it's definitely not a staple in our, in our repertoire. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about, um, you know, try to be transparent with ingredients and buy local and, and um, focus on high-quality flavors and um, peanut-free and gluten-free popcorn. I like that about niche too, Chad. I think, you know, finding out what you're really good at and doing that really, really well. I, I like the quote is, you know, instead of going a mile wide and an inch deep, you know, go go a mile deep and, and an inch wide. And once you figure that out, then you can start to go a little bit further. And so, yeah, finding the niche and what you're good at and keep doing that over and over and again. So that's that's good realization. That's a good lesson to learn. Last thing in our what not to do section chat. So we're almost done. So you can stop sweating <laughs> with Keep your shirt on again. And what what do you think? either personally or more, you know, business related, what do you think as a business owner and a small business like yours, what do you, what's your biggest fault and what do you think you consistently have to work on? This is super easy. Um, my, my biggest fault is time management. Yeah. I'm an idea guy. Um, I'm a creative thinker. Um, it doesn't matter if I am walking around town or on vacation. Um, I'm looking at ways that I can improve. I'm thinking about, um, how I can build the business stronger. Right. I'm thinking of something that I can keep up with the Joneses or yeah. stay ahead of the Smiths. Never really shuts off. Right? It never shuts <laughs> off. It's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it literally is. It is. And um, um, because of that, um, it's difficult for me to stay focused on uh, the tasks that I have um, in front of me, immediately in front of me. So, so easily for me... Um, I know that you're not supposed to do it, but I'm usually doing at minimum two to three things at the same time. Right. Um, if I'm sitting in front of a computer, uh, I could be putting in, uh, 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 running a, a cash register report while uh, opening my bank account app yeah. while uh, pulling up videos on YouTube. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. It I sounds mean, crazy. It sounds it sounds insane, doesn't it? But I have to. I know. That's <laughs> just the way we work. Have, have you found to. anything that... that because I've tried the same thing, and I've tried to be like, all right, now I'm going to get, you know, I started with a yellow legal pad, and that's going to be my to-do list. And then my yellow legal pad got really, really messy, so I'd rewrite it, and it would be all really neat and nice, but then I wouldn't get anything done. I'd just be keeping to take things off my to-do list and putting them on a new to-do list and never crossing things off. And then I thought, well, I'll get note cards. That'll be a lot more efficient. And then I just wrote all kinds of stuff on note cards. So are there things that that have worked from time to time that you know – to be able to get things done, or is it just you can do that? Can you function like that? No. Um, <laughs> if, if I would just write a stinking list every single day, right? I mean, I have a, I have a little um, like a um, a label on the the um, edge of my monitor that says "Make a list today." Oh, really? Okay. And um, I just used uh, I use uh, recycled paper, um, the back side of recycled paper. I staple it in the corner, and I and I 
write a list. I have to physically write the list. I can't use computer lists yeah, and, I found or anything that too, like that. Yep. I have to physically write the list. Like everybody's like, get this app, you know, try, no, try Evernote. No. I'm, I can't do that. No. I, we're with technology every day, and it just to me it needs to be physical. It so. has to be, and I have to write it down. <laughs> and, and that way, you know, I can cross it off, and it feels good to cross it off. Um, it'd probably be even better if I could get a cookie for crossing it off. Yeah, there's got to be some you know, sort of reward for but, it. <laughs> but, um, but, but seriously, um, the only, that, that's the only way for me to really... And then the, the problem is, is that I, re- I need to write on that list, make a list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just so can't sad. stick it. I know, I know. I can't do it. Um, that was the end of the what not to do section. So, Chad, thanks for uh, doing that. I know it's kind of sometimes it's hard to talk about things that you mess up because, of course, you and I never mess up. Right, we right. Na- never. It's, um, but so, you know what? Look, let me just say one thing yeah, yeah. to, to that, that whole section is that um, I think one of the most important things that you can do as a business owner is to be honest with yourself. Right. You have to be able to look in the mirror and be honest and own your errors. And I think that talking about them is an important part of, of, of your own personal growth. And I think that's a really good point because we did the exact opposite when we first started. We're better at it now. But when I first started, you know, we there was a couple websites we took on because it was just me, and that we said, of course we can do that. And because <laughs> I was trying to get any business that we could, and we really had no place being in that at that time. Now we can. Um, but I was sort of making an excuse like, well, we're new, and I didn't know what we were doing, and it happens to everybody. And boy, that you know, it didn't sit right. And then finally, I was able to come to like. You know what? We screwed that up. You know, we should have never took that on. Big mess. I'll never do that again. And after that, it was gone. Yeah. You know, it was just off, yep. off the chest, and it was really cool. So yep. I like that. Being honest with yourself is tough to do. Yeah. All right, Chad. Let's uh, get back into um, not what not to do section, but you and I are both uh, family men, uh, children, wives, uh, friends, take care of family members. And, you know, how do you do that? I think as a small business owner, you know, your phone never shuts off, especially with you. You've got a lot of employees and, and uh, two stores now. And so you don't have a director of operations. You know, you, you are that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the owner and whatever else that day, cash register operator. But how do you balance that? I, I don't really, don't, I don't like the work life thing to me because I, I still think that to do it right and to be successful as a small business owner, your work is your life, and Correct. and it has to be. And if you can find a way to to make that okay, I think that's the key. So, so how do you do that? How do we do that? Because I don't know. I think that your family really has to buy into it and have to. They have to really stand behind you and and uh, trust that you're doing the right thing for them. I think that the family is the most important part of work life balance, if you want to call it that. Um, there's, well, you know what? This just happened to me last week. I was walking into the local grocery store. My wife and I are talking about the business, and we never said the name of the business. Another person was walking into the store in front of us, stopped and said, are you the owner of Cravings Gourmet Popcorn? Just by what they heard. Just by what they heard. Right. I love your product. I love this. And, And, I mean, that kind of thing happens all the time. It happened to me this morning at the bank. I love your bacon cheddar. Lady gives me a really? thumbs up. Cool. I mean, it happens all the time. Um, my it's wife, kinda, you're a celebrity, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I guess really so. Are. Yeah, yeah. You and, and you know, my wife has just gotten used to it, right? And she realizes that if it wasn't for the business, we wouldn't have some of the things that we have. Right. We wouldn't have the opportunities to do some of the things that we do. For example, if my son has a basketball game at four o'clock, 
on a Tuesday, guess who gets to go? Yeah, you're there. I do. Yeah, you don't have to ask your boss. I don't have to ask my boss. Um, If I have to go away to take kids to camp, I just go away and take kids to camp. Um, you have to come do an amazing podcast, <laughs> right? I just over. go, I just go, <laughs> and and so it's it's you know the work life balance is that it, the fact of the matter is is that um, um, your work is your life, and and your work provides you with opportunities to do things that most people cannot do. Yeah, and so that's a really good. You have to tell yourself that a lot, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In you your know? worst stressful times, I have to do that too, and like. You know, there's things that I can do that a lot of people that I know, my friends, can't do. I mean, it's clock in, clock out. That's right. Half hour lunch break. You know, but then, of course, they don't think about it at 5 o'clock. But, you know, what, what do you want? Well, you know what? And, and you know what? There are times when I'm thinking about work at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Right. Sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. the reality yeah, of yeah. it is. And, and you know what? Um, unless I do something um, dumb... I'm always going to have my business, whereas um, what happened to me, you know, uh, 12 years ago when I walked into a meeting and didn't have a job anymore. Right. That's, so that was totally out of your control. Sure. So really, whatever happens is in your control. Right. Right now. For, yeah, for the You're, most part, you know, 99.999% sure. sure, of I things mean, are in my yeah. control. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's your work-life balance. Yeah. What do you do... Um, you know, to make sure that you can recharge those batteries and, and you know, <laughs> I hate saying tackle the day, but you know what I mean? Like, how do you know when you go? Because you always seem to have that attitude. And, and I know you're not really putting a face on it. Like, I know that's yeah. your attitude, but, you know, it's, <laughs> sometimes you just have to pretend that's your attitude. But how do you, you know, what do you do personally that it really helps you stay focused and recharge? Or is it kind of run and gun right now? You know what? I, I, if somebody said, what's your favorite thing to do? Yeah. My favorite thing to do is to drink and play euchre with my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can drink and play euchre on a Friday or Saturday night, man, I'm ready to go for the week. You're happy. I'm seriously. Yeah. I mean, man. it's really super simple. You don't have I to don't think about lunch. I don't need big, you know, big Left. screen TVs and all that stuff. I don't. Left bower, right bower, it's all that matters. That's right. <laughs> That's right. A lot of people, if anybody's listening to this from outside of Michigan, they're not going to know what you're talking about <laughs> or how to spell it, but that's okay. I love that. I love that. Um, so real quick, we talked about employees earlier. They're our biggest asset. Yes. They're our biggest expense. Yes. One of them. Yes. Um, but without them, we, we couldn't do what we're doing. Yeah. I always said if I didn't have employees, I'd be a millionaire. Um, not a millionaire, but I would have more money than I do right now. But we couldn't treat our customers like we, we do and couldn't get the job done. So how do you make sure that, number one, you hire the right ones? And how do you keep them? And how do you make sure that they're going above and beyond the call of duty? Specifically, I think the most important thing when it comes to hiring employees is to hire employees that are going to give you the skill sets that you're required. Yeah. Okay. So um, in our particular case, we've done it many ways. Um, Back in the old days, um, I used to be a uh, recruiter for the Kroger company. And, uh, you know, we had this long hiring process of, you know, three interviews and um, take this online personality test right. and do a, background, test yep, yeah. yep, do a background check, go pee in a cup, <laughs> you know, all those sort of things. And, and even though, you know, the, the process worked, 
that kind of thing doesn't necessarily work in a small business environment. Yeah, that's not what people are expecting okay. necessarily when they're coming in. Yep. So, so in our particular situation, this is all about customer experience, number one. Number two, it's about your ability to hustle and get work done quickly and accurately. So literally um, uh, what we have in, in, at Cravings is what we call um, um, a, a workplace culture of um, playing time. We treat it just like sports. Nice. All right. So when we, when we recruit people, okay, this is not hiring. It's recruiting just right. like college football, right, sure. yeah, yeah. or, or pro, pro, pro sports. We try to recruit the best talent that fits our specific needs of giving customers a great experience and they're willing to work hard to get the hours that they want to get to achieve their goals. I like that recruiting process. I mean, if we could really think about it in that way and, you know, how college coaches go visit high schools and talk to their parents and they give them, you know, jerseys and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, of course they can't do that. But, but yeah, I like that mentality about it is that you're really looking for that person and I'm looking for certain qualities in, in you. Absolutely. And, and we, we like having a competitive environment. Now, we're not finger waggers. We're not, you know, standing over top of somebody and sure. boasting sure, sure, because sure. we did a better job than the other person. But we literally, in the um, interview and orientation process, we tell people that the people with the most skills, the greatest amount of availability, and um, uh, uh, proven results will get the most hours. If you want more hours, you need to be better than the person next to you. It's just like sports. If, if you're not, if you're not, um, if you're not better than somebody else, if you're not willing to leave your comfort zone, then you're going to get less hours. Yeah, that's just the fact of the matter. You'd be sitting on the bench. You'd be sitting on the bench. So, if anybody wants to uh, come work for you, and they're listening to this, they're going, "I'm, I'm that guy. I'm that recruit. I'm that, I'm that girl." They should uh, stop by and pick up a application. Let me just say it like this: um, I think that most people want to be recognized and respected for what they do and not for who they are or right. who they know. People want to feel good about themselves. Every single day, we all wake up and we want to feel good. And at the end of the day, if we don't feel good, you're going to remember why you don't. Right. And who did it to you. Right. That's just, that's just human nature. Okay. So what we're trying to do is um, we're going to create an environment where your work and your ability and your effort is rewarded. And if you don't do those things, then your punishment will be less hours or no job. And we will treat you with dignity. You're part of the team and the family. We'll high five. We'll get crazy. We'll have a lot of fun. And if you can't um, be infected uh, by that contagious environment, right. That's on you. Yeah. And I like that, too, because really, you know, think about how much work is part of our life. Like, you know, especially in that environment, not as small business owners, but, you know, you're spending five, six, seven, eight hours of your day with people that aren't necessarily people that you would hang out maybe outside of work, although that does happen. Yeah. But that's a big part of your day. And if it's bad, that's a big piece. I mean, that's a big, you know, piece of your day that's really kind of sets you up for failure almost in the end if it's not you know if you're not treated with respect and then you know it can be really really hard i think so yeah that's absolutely yeah. and and the thing is is that yeah in most circumstances you wouldn't necessarily 
um, hang out with all your coworkers sure. if you didn't know them all. But after a while in, in this sort of environment, yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't wake up and go to work. You wake up and go hang out at this store. Yeah, yeah. And you're working for each other. Yeah, and you're looking forward to going to work. You're I mean, looking forward to it. It's a great way to have, you know, what, what great employees. They're like, hey, man, what's going on? I'm that's excited right. to go to work. So that's great, Chad. I that's love right. that. All right, so real quick, we're going to go through a really fast round here at the end, and we're almost done. And uh, so, Chad, just give us your favorite place, and, you know, speaking of drinking, besides drinking at Euchre, you can't say that because you already <laughs> said that. What is your favorite place to eat and or drink in this area or other areas? Anywhere that has barbecue. Yeah. That's all I need. If it's a good barbecue. Yeah. Anywhere with a good barbecue, I'm down. We got you got ribs? Yeah. You got ribs? You got beer? Yes, I'm in. <laughs> good. I love barbecue. Um, what? If you could meet and have dinner with a business owner, entrepreneur, or uh, anybody out there, who would it be? If you could say, hey, man, I'm going to take you to dinner. Who would that easy, be? Easy. Easy. Easy question. Magic Johnson. Really? Yes. Uh, he's been... He's we should been, be able to make that happen, don't you think? Uh, I would love to make that happen. I mean, he's I, a Lansing I, I, guy. I, I'd even buy lunch. Look, look I'd even that. buy lunch. <laughs> and he'd bring some popcorn for him. I'm sure he's had to have your popcorn, right? I don't know. Now we gotta, I don't know. We've got to make that happen. He, he's, he's been... Um, uh, 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 my basketball idol since uh, um, since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, uh, the first time I ever saw him play was uh, tape delay, nineteen eighty against the seventy sixers. Really? That's that's like the earliest recollection I could remember seeing you remember him play. That game, and I remember oh, that yeah. because you know what uh, NBA finals back in those days um, came on TV after the eleven o'clock news. Really? It was on tape delay. Yep. It wasn't live. Huh. So I remember sitting in my parents' bed watching it because my dad was a huge NBA fan, and um, that's my guy right there, Magic really? Johnson. And then to see him just over time develop all these companies and franchises, yeah, yeah. and and um, yeah, just I mean, to see sort guy. of how he's you know evolved over the last you know be from basketball star to now entrepreneur to business owner, and and he still has roots back here in Lansing. And I think that's what I love about him the most is he hasn't forgot you know his high school is right down the street from where we are right now, and. He, he remembers that, and he comes back here a lot. His number one attribute, like my, like, like, uh, like my, my favorite attribute, is, is um, competitiveness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's your own drive to be the best. So, Magic, you're listening to this podcast because I know you wanted to download this podcast because I know Chad Jordan wants to have lunch with you. Let's make that happen. What technology, Chad, or app... Or software device, what's one thing that you would you couldn't live without? That's a good question. Um, I would definitely say that it is uh, Google Apps. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we we use Google Apps um, in our store. Um, uh, we use Chromebooks, and I think that uh, um, I think virtually everybody in our store has Android phones. Um, I mean. I don't. I don't care what you say. Uh, uh, you know, Google, um, they make they make fantastic products. There's always room for improvement, but right. you know what? They make fantastic products, and um, uh, we really do run our business around them. There are other things that we use. I mean, we use Evernote, and yeah. um, we use uh, uh, we use a great uh, communication software called uh, Socialcast. Huh. Um, it's a it's a great um, platform for being able to communicate between stores and between cool. uh, management members and stuff like that. And um, that's great. But, yeah, the number one tool that we use is our, our Google Apps. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, too, because for whatever reason, we weren't using Google Docs here. 
Um, and we were, it was just silly because we were passing back and forth Word docs and emailing them and, and then changing them and emailing back. I'm like, this is really silly. Yeah. And there's this dot, this Google Docs has been out forever. You know, here we are, this technology company. And yeah, man, it's great. They're yeah. all in this space and we can edit and, you know, I, yeah, it's a love it. So we love Google Apps. Um, last question. Um, how is and what is the best way, somebody's listening out there, I want to talk to Chad Jordan. I, you know, I just want to go talk to him. How, how should I tell people to get a hold of you? Find me on Facebook, uh, Chad Jordan on Facebook. Um, you can even uh, go to our uh, um, Cravings Gourmet Popcorn uh, page on Facebook or uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter at Cravings Popcorn. Cool. Well, Chad, thanks a lot for your advice and your, your wealth of wisdom here today. And, and thanks for you know, investing your money and time into Lansing. We appreciate that. And, and uh, we think you're a huge asset for this town. So thanks for being guest 001. This has been a lot of fun. And I hope the podcast is a wild success. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Chad. That was Chad Jordan from Cravings Popcorn of Old Town Lansing and also now of Okemos. Stop by either location. The, the popcorn's awesome. There's also soda there and lots of other products. Chad's a great guy. You'll usually see him behind the counter uh, or out in the community. Um, so just make sure we support these local companies and thank you for listening to our first podcast, 001, uh, business machine and the mistakes we made, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks everybody.